Yes. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> Father God, I just thank you so much for this time. Um, I thank you for this community. I thank you for these friendships. I thank you for Dan um, and just his heart for you um, and just the love and compassion that he shows for everybody around him. Lord, we just pray that you would bless this conversation. Um, we don't know who's going to listen, Lord, but we thank you for the opportunity. Um, and we just pray that you would intercede for us here. Um, God, our thoughts, God, our words, um, God, our dialogue. I pray that it would be honoring and glorifying to you and point others to the truth. Um, Lord, and we just come before you, we offer this, this episode up um, as a sacrifice to you. We pray that you would be glorified um, and that you would use it uh, for your honor and your glory. So we thank you for this time. Um, we thank you for your word and for your truth. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Timer starting. Okay. I always, I always feel weird in the beginning starting it. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Behind the Mask. Same as last week. I am Becca. I'm Chris. And this week, I don't like that I said that. All right. Starting off great. Let's go. All right. Yeah, that was dumb. Okay. All right. All right. This is why I don't like facilitating. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Mask. I am Becca. And I'm Chris. And today we have our friend Dan with us, and we are diving into all things relationships and friendships. So, Dan, go ahead and introduce yourself. Name. Hi. Got <laughs> ahead of myself. This is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love this. Wait, do we start over? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I'll wait for you to pause, and then I'll start talking. All right. Okay. Because she can cut out the pause. Yeah, totally. Okay. Chris, do we do I have to introduce my name? Because I feel like people know who I am. And it just kind of sounds unnatural. You don't have to restart the intro. You just have to say we're we're introducing our, our friend Dan. He's coming we're talking about all things okay. Relationships, okay. friendships. Dan introduce yourself, pause, and Dan goes. This week, we are talking about all things relationships and friendships and godly relationships in college and beyond. So we have our friend Dan with us. Um, Dan, Chris, and I got to know from FCA, and Dan is a runner. So Dan, can you share with the people anything that you would like them to know about you before we get started? Well, I'm Dan Forey. Uh, I am from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I go to school at York College of Pennsylvania, so not too far from where I grew up. Uh, I run track and cross country. Uh, everyone thinks I'm pretty weird because I do those too. Um, and I'm studying mechanical engineering and possibly considering grad school next year. Awesome. Yeah, we are so excited to have Dan because Dan is like the epitome. Like when you're around Dan, you just feel loved. And Dan just, 
he just is so compassionate and he so just exemplifies the love of Christ. And we just are so excited to have him um, with us today. So we'll jump right into our questions. Um, Dan, the first thing that we could kind of open up with is you brought some scripture references with you today um, pertaining to kind of godly relationships, godly friendships. Can you start us off with those references, why they're important to you? So yeah, uh, a verse that's important to me, uh, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So that's John 13, 34 to 35. Um, I was thinking, you guys told me the topic was friendship and I, uh, I like music. I can't can't play or do anything musical. I just like it. And the song, um, uh, they will know we are Christians by our love. Uh, it's an old hymn, but like Jars of Clay covered it a couple years ago. And that just popped into my head. And John 13, 34 to 35 is, in, is the inspiration behind that song. And that's kind of like what popped into my head. Uh, I was driving through York City a couple weeks ago and there was a guy holding a sign up and he was like repent or something. But I'm like, like, dude, like why? Like, are you just like, you're just standing in the middle of York City with just a sign. Like you're not doing anything. Like you're not building relationships. Like you're pretty much wasting your time out there. Yeah, so something, Dan, that you touched on that, I want to come back to is just this emphasis on relationships and on community. And can you share with us a little bit more about how you go about cultivating that in your personal life, in your ministry life? Just what does that look for you? And why do you, why is that something that you really, really zoom in on as a believer? So a big thing for me, I think is like, not going and like finding people that like you're going to be friends with just to like convert them, just being friends with people and just growing in a relationship with them. Like I have a relationship with all of my teammates, regardless of whether or not they're Christians. And a lot of them like know that I'm involved in FCA, but I'm not like, I'm not shoving stuff like down their throat per se, but like they know like that I'm a part of FCA. They know that's a part of me. But, like, it's not, like, oh, like, hey, come to FCA. Like, I'm not, like, making them come to FCA or something. Or, like, you don't come to FCA, I'm not going to be your friend. Like, they they all know that I care about them. but And they know that I'm a Christian, but I'm not shoving it down their throat. Like, I'm caring about them as a person. And building, like, that relationship is the most important part of a friendship. Yeah, no, I love what you just said. I think... Um... Another passage that, that pops in my mind whenever we talk about relationships or friendships is do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, which is such an, a weird concept anyway, because nobody knows what a yoke is unless you work on a farm. But nevertheless, it's um, the, the assumption is I can't be friends with unbelievers. And that's just not that is, uh, you know, God, call, Jesus calls us to go everywhere. Right. Um, and something I was thinking about in terms of how can we make sure that 
you know, we, we want to go to everywhere to impact everybody, but we also have to make sure that we're cognizant of who's influencing us. And I just heard this recently on a podcast. And I thought it was awesome. And it was like differentiating between who's your, your core, your community and your crowd. So we all know your core, like your inner circle, your squad, pick whatever height sports metaphor you want, like your, your core group. And then you've got your community, which is like people kind of on your outer circle, but they still, you very much are still in, in a, like a pretty continuous relationship with them. And then your crowd, which is people that probably have, you've crossed paths with at any point in your life, but you're not actively in relationship day to day with those people. Um, but what where, where that sticks out to me is the crowd still matters. So sometimes we'll have people that we, um, we're just cool with, putting them on the, in the crowd, on the bench, whatever, and acting like they don't influence us, but they do. So what I'm thinking about when, with, to your point, Dan, is that we can be friends with anybody, realistically, we wanna, but the purpose is that we're creating a relationship so we can love on them and represent Christ in that way, and then hope that they see Christ through us. It's not just like, okay, I have this friendship and I'm not doing anything toward furthering the kingdom through that friendship. So yeah, I loved what you said. Yeah, you brought up a point too about like not shutting off the world. Uh, I'm from Lancaster County. Lancaster's big for the Amish. The Amish community came to Lancaster County to shut themselves off from the world. And they're like, they're supposed to be this big like religious community, but like they've completely like isolated themselves like from most of the world. And that's not the calling. That's not the Great Commission. Like we're not supposed to just form our own like towns or communities like they have throughout the entire like U.S. Like they're in Wisconsin, Ohio. We're supposed to we're supposed to be in the community, helping and serving. Yeah, Dan, you bring up the point of. I think I think sometimes there's a fear in, I'll say Christian circles for lack of a better term of. I don't, I'm, I'm intimidated to go be friends with somebody who doesn't believe the same things that I do, whether that's because you'll think they'll, you know, the influence they'll have on you or for a whole slew of different reasons. But again, as you said, the great commission, like go out and build relationships and look at Jesus ministry. Like, what is he doing? He's sitting, he's conversing, he's communing with the outcasts in society, let alone the people who didn't believe what he was standing for and who he was, you know, at the time. And, and I think there's, there is kind of two things to discuss in this conversation of talking about, okay, that, that core, Chris, that you were talking about, what do those godly relationships of people, you know, are people holding us accountable to the word and challenging us in the word to level up. But then also there's the idea of, Hey, what does it look like to be in community and have a godly friendship and relationship with somebody who believes who is on the opposite end of the spectrum or who is questioning or whatever it may be. What, what do both of those things look like? Cause I think both of them kind of have challenges in and of themselves. Would you guys agree, disagree, thoughts on that? 
Dan, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely important having your own foundation. Uh, hanging around other people will cause you to be like them too, though. But so like I have I have guys on my team. I have a guy on my team, Timmy Bazinski. Uh, he's he's a great Christian brother involved in FCA with me, and then our assistant AD is also part of FCA Matt Day and those two and uh, former teammate McMillan. You know, I've had like the chance to like we don't have many people at FCA often, so we've had a chance to grow together and just look through the word and Timmy is always like willing to talk with me and he's just been an amazing friend. Uh, then I do have like friends that are on the team that I don't always know what their religious affiliation is, but like just being relational with them, like I'm not going to like bring up the same stuff that I would with Timmy as I will with the rest of them. And then just the, the people that FCA has allowed me to meet and I can talk to about like faith stuff is just amazing. Dan, tell us who Timmy is for the people that don't know. Uh, so Timmy is one of my teammates. He is a runner at York College. Um, he's a business admin major. He does not know what that is though. Or actually I think he might've changed it, I forget. But he was like, I'm a junior and I don't know what business admin is. So I think he changed it, but he's pretty funny. Yeah, not to be confused with Tim. Tim Forey, the other Forey, you know. Yeah, he is. That's my brother. Timmy Bazinski is my teammate. People always get them mixed up because I both I call both of them Timmy, but everyone else calls my brother Tim. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, Becca. I mean, to speak to your question, it's like it's hard to navigate, um, in particular with hot button issues when you have when you're friends with people that are not believers <clears throat> and when you're friends with people that are just baby Christians, because things that like, there's not, there's not to say that we, you grow out of temptation because that's not true. However, in to some instance, in some instances, you'll have some safeguards put up that they don't. So then, yeah, I can definitely, you can definitely kind of see some influences there. Um, but I think to Dan's point, the foundation and us being rooted in our, in our, most important relationship, which is our relationship with Jesus first, helps to influence all of our other relationships with people, whether they're believers or not. Um, I think there's another passage where it says, bad company corrupts good character. Right? I don't know what the passage is, but nevertheless. Um, similarly there, I think you can be friends with Christians who don't have great character and you run into the same problem. And you can be friends with non-believers who do have great character. So I think, yeah, making sure that we're rooted um, in our relationship with Jesus first and then letting that inform our relationships with people is the best way to go around rather than letting our relationships with people inform our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, Chris, that's a really powerful point. And I think it's something that we don't talk about enough, but that concept of what is it? You're like the top five people you hang out with the most. I like saw that on Instagram today. Like as much as we want to say like, no, that's not really true. Like actually, like, I think that ha that is true to an extent, you know, the, the influence that 
just what, what we're feeding our minds and the conversations that we're having. Um, but to your point, those, those relationships that we have, we can have a conversation with somebody who's far on the other end of the faith spectrum with us. And we can have really challenging, really hard conversations. And, you know, they call us on the carpet for stuff. We call them on the carpet for stuff, like a really rich friendship that maybe isn't, doesn't have the common grounds of faith at the center of it. But like you said, Chris, you know who you are in your relationship with the Lord. And then that goes and that gets infused into that relationship with that person. And all they can see is the love of Christ for them. So my next question to kind of segue into that is what are kind of, what are some of the struggles in cultivating godly friendships, whether it's with a believer or a non-believer for ourselves, you know, cultivating a friendship that is grounded in, we know who we are as believers. And then that overflow influences our relationship with that other person. I think it's kind of reminding yourself constantly what the focus is of like our life and like like we're here to be a light to the world and sometimes like you might just be uh, like you might just be teammates and like if if you don't mesh well it might always not like work out even though you're teammates and just uh I guess kind of praying for like that that oneness as a team you don't have to like everyone you don't have to like all of your teammates you just have to be able to get along with them and to work together as a team uh you're not gonna love you're not gonna like everyone because you're called to love everyone you're called to love them as a person it doesn't matter if like oh like my this person doesn't like something so or they do something and like so I'm just gonna ignore them and not like them at all or I'm not gonna like them but like I still have to love them if they're a teammate uh I've had teammates that I didn't get along with well but I still needed to love them um so sometimes their actions can be a little difficult but realizing like we're called to love people yeah, no, that's so good. And geez, this question, there's a, there's a laundry list, to be honest, um, and obstacles of cultivating. Because there's, there's so many things that get in the way of community in our culture in general, right? Since we're so individualistic. But I think in terms of godly friendships, one of my, my pastor, my um, home church pastor, Pastor Gabe, one of the things he always says is Christians don't be weird. Like, don't be, we I think we like, we'll take ourselves so seriously in situations and like, just be weird. I don't, we don't need to be. So I think there's a fine line between like, we don't want to conform to the world, right? Like we don't want to just look like the world, but we also don't need to be weird. I'm just going to continue saying it. Um, so I think that's definitely an, an obstacle in that we'll, we'll almost, 
unintentionally be the reason why we get ostracized because of whatever. It's the way we, we um, like portray ourselves to other people. We take things entirely too seriously and come off as judgmental. Um, we treat people like projects and nobody wants to feel like they're a project, all those things. So I think that's the first thing, don't be weird. And then the second thing I think is that's an obstacle to this is that point of, of not treating people like they're, like they're objects, uh, not objects, projects. Um, because we do have the Great Commission and we want to create disciples and do that. But like we said in, in our discipleship episode with Heidi, it's just living life with people, like getting in, using Becca, using your, your analogy, getting in the mud, getting dirty, and just literally walking in step with that person rather than treating them as if they're a number to tally and say, oh yeah, this is another person I converted today. Um, so yeah, so those two points, like we just come in with our own unique flair and, and be authentic because that's honestly that, that glorifies God more than when we try and fit into some Christian mold uh, and bring people in that way. Yeah, and one thing that I usually say, uh, like I said, York has a smaller FCA and I always say to Timmy and Matt, like, I don't, I don't care if we have like 20 people coming. Like what I care is that like we're growing and impacting each other. And I mentioned Nick Migalino earlier, but anyone that doesn't know me, uh, I lost one of my teammates uh, March 27th, 2019, uh, Ethan Williamson, he passed away. And out of Ethan's death, has come Nick's rebirth uh, when Issa passed away. We had kind of a memorial event at York. Um, one of the teammate, one of our teammates, her dad was pastor and he came in to speak and it got something going in Nick's life. And through the year and a half about it's been, I've been able to see like Nick grow through cultivating a relationship with him. Uh, last week, I actually went to see him get baptized and I, I cried. It was amazing. It's just crazy to see the growth that like he's come through. And that's one of the things that like I love about like FCA and like I haven't had like 20 people come to FCA, but I've had someone come to faith and grow in their faith to the point where they're like a, they're a strong brother in Christ. Yeah, that that idea of just doing life together, Dan, and that's what I think of when you tell that story. And and I remember the first time hearing that story, I think was last year at leadership camp. And even that, like, I didn't even we weren't even friends then. we had just met that weekend. But I remember thinking as you described your relationships with people in your FCA community at York, as small as it may be there's so much power in just doing life together. And it's not like, oh, let me, let me be friendly with you and then with you. And then, you know, there's a time and a place for that, but there's so much depth and richness. Is that a word richness? That, that happens when, you know, people just link arms and do life together through the mess through the hard through the pain whatever it may be like that is just so I think that's so powerful and is really 
you know, can be uncomfortable at times, but just being willing to go deep with people and yeah, sit in the muck, sit in the darkness, sit in the victories and the pain, like whatever it may be, there's something really, really powerful about those relationships. And I remember that vividly of thinking that, um, about your story and about your leadership at York. And another point that I want to add to um, our conversation with kind of the things that I go, I'm going off on a Dan Forey tangent, but <laughs> going back to um, our point of kind of what hinders us um, in cultivating these relationships too, I think, I think the discomfort can be a hindrance and it's a hindrance to going deep of what we just talked about. And I think it's a, it can be hindering too, because we just, as humans, we don't like being uncomfortable and I'm, and I'm going to say it because I'm part of this generation, like our generation soft and, and sorry, I'm just going to say it a lot, our generation can be soft and we don't like, as humans, we don't like discomfort and we don't like to go there. And I think something that a characteristic of a really rich, authentic relationship is like your friends hold you accountable and they call you on the carpet for stuff, you know, especially friendships with believers. Like, Hey, Chris, you know, call me out when you see something that I'm when I'm not walking the walk and I'm just talking a good game, you know, all of these things. But I think that can, we don't always go there and we're not that friend to someone else because that would, that would be offensive to them. And I just want, I want them to feel good, you know, and I want to feel good in return. And I think, I think something that, that we kind of need to get past in really cultivating really meaningful, impactful friendships is hey, dude, like, I'm going to push you to level up. And I want you to push me to do the same. You know, whether it's a believer or a non-believer or a teammate, you know, whoever it is, I think that level of authenticity and vulnerability and the willingness to get uncomfortable pushes us past kind of the surface level relationships that we can get stuck in sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely agree. The accountability is one of those things where everybody wants to throw it on a shirt, put it on Twitter, post on their Instagram. But when it comes down to either being held accountable or having to hold somebody accountable, we don't we don't want to do it. And I, like as athletes, we definitely understand that concept. And I'm even seeing it more coaching people. It's just like you were saying, it's it's risky to put yourself out there and to really be vulnerable, whether it's um, in revealing something about yourself or revealing something about somebody else that they might be blind to. <clears throat> and it's interesting, like I'm seeing even more in the next generation of the closer people, seemingly closer people get to each other, the less they want to call people out on their, on their, on their crap, for lack of a better term. Like, so it's interesting. You would almost assume that if you love the person, you'd be willing to hold them accountable, right? Um, we associate love with all these kind of fruitful things. Love is an action word and love is also very direct. Like, I'm gonna tell you that I love you, but this is not okay. 
you need to like, this is where you fall short, this is where I fall short, et cetera. Um, so I definitely agree in echoing your point, Becca, like when it comes to relationships, the authenticity and the intentionality of how we love people is a piece that is missing sometimes because yeah, like we'll send a Bible verse when something happens, we'll send a song because it's awesome. We'll do this, we'll do that. But when your buddy is not living the way they're supposed to be living, we, our culture is so afraid of offending people that we don't say anything. Um, and thus we don't grow as into the people that God's called us to be. So Dan, you've got thoughts on this? Yeah. One? So I just want to say like the, the people that like FCA has blessed me with has been amazing. Like um, at leadership camp, I got to meet Tyson Hughie, and then I've also met Sam Mercoli through leadership camp. And the three of us are literally just, just brothers. And like, like you'll see us taking on each other stuff, but like when like someone needs like called out or something, one of us will do it. Like we've had conversations just about anything. Like we used to have calls in the summer or no, in the early spring where everyone else would get off a call and we'd continue to talk for three hours. And those, those brothers are just amazing. And the fact that like, we're so close and like, they're, they're ready to like, they're ready to love me and they're ready to call me out when I'm wrong. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss matters of faith often. We'll discuss like what's going on like currently too. And it's just, it's just a blessing to have that relationship. Shout out to Tyson and Sam. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I think a reoccurring theme that we, I keep hearing as we talk about this is just this idea of what is love and what is love in action. And like, it's an action and it's not a feeling and it's not, you know, we tie it, Chris, like you said, to all these like sunshine and rainbows when like love is, love is challenging. And it goes back to that point, Dan, that you made earlier of like, I'm called to love the people that I don't necessarily like, you know? And um, I, I heard a quote, it's not my quote, I forget who said it, but I'm not taking credit for it. Um, and it, it talked about call, you know, calling each other out. And it was like, love calls you out on your blank, not because it's wrong, but because it's killing you and love wants you to live and live more abundantly. And that was such a, just a reframe of how I, this concept of love and love is challenging and love is convicting, but this idea of hey, I love you so much. And I see that this, this thing in your, in your life is hurting you. It's hurting people around you. It's robbing you of the abundant life that God bought for you, that Jesus Christ bought for you. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it into the light. And that was a really, that idea was really changed my whole mindset in regards to really what, what love is in with this idea of the challenging part of it. Yeah, Becca, I'll, this is the last thing I'll say and then you can move on to your next point because 
I will go on a tangent. But <clears throat> I also heard this said that liking somebody is a feeling, it's an emotion, right? But loving somebody is a command. Like there's no, we, if we choose to follow Jesus, we must love people. This is not just a choice. Or oh, I woke up, it's Monday, I'm not loving anybody. That's, that's not how it works. But what comes to mind um, when you even talk about what you just said is God loves us. So like sometimes we almost think of God as not loving because of the parameters that he sets for us. But it's like, no, God loves us so much that he sets parameters so that we don't do things that will harm us. Just like you were just saying, Becca. Um, but we want to take things out of context because we want to do whatever we want. So um, it's like I'm the person that always comes to my mind is David because David had like the epitome of a Jerry Springer life. And he, so, you know, all, all this craziness happens and he goes on a, I want to hide it as much as possible. And then God sends a prophet, Nathan to say, Hey, like, we know, like, we know that you did this and you can't avoid it. So you need to repent, bring it back to me so that I can restore you. And it's like, um, if we, if, David was faced with what we view as love, he would have just been allowed to do whatever he wants because they don't want to go and challenge him. But that would have continued to harm him as we know later in his story. But no, God's like, hey, I love you too much to let you continue to do something that's self-destructive. So I'm going to hold you accountable and call you out and say, you can't do that anymore, right? Um, so yeah, I definitely think that that's definitely a piece of where we think, oh yeah, because I love you, I have to agree with everything that you do. And I, I have to just appease you. But appeasing is not the same as loving. And we need to be able to hold people accountable in that in that way and be willing to be held accountable in that way too. So, tangent, I'm done speaking on that. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I feel like we could have an episode on the word love too, because it, it is real. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, and kind of transitioning, um, starting to close out our time together. Dan, what do you think? Because we're talking about these, we're talking about these relationships and relationships with non-believers, with believers. How does how do you go about cultivating these relationships? Like when you walk into practice, when you walk into a new season, you know, and you have now you have freshmen or you walk into FCA, like what's your mindset of like, okay, I'm gonna because you're so intentional in building these relationships where does that intentionality come from? And practically, what does it look like when you walk up to somebody? The running joke kind of around the Mid-Atlantic for FCA is that I have no fear at like an FCA event. And it also, the, the same thing is pretty much true for like uh, cross country track. Like, I just, I like meeting new people at FCA, uh, Rachel and Noel from George Mason, they were talking about this, but like, Rachel like asked me about like FCA in Massachusetts. And like, like I've known, I've gotten to know so many people just being bold and like wanting to learn about people and know them that like, I can say like, oh, like Harry Flaherty, the director of New Jersey, he, uh, he went to Holy Cross, but like, FCA's band Holy Cross for me a little too evangelical, but that's that's a whole different thing. But like I I'm just intentional with getting to know people and like wanting to know like their story. Like at a cross country track meet, I will literally go up to anyone. 
Uh, I went up to uh, Patrick Watson from Stevenson. He won the NCAA Division Three Cross Country Championship in 20, what is it? It's 2020 now. So in, 2020, in 2019, he won the NCAA Championship. And me and a friend went up and interviewed him for like an Instagram page that we were doing. And just, I'd love, I feel that God's kind of given me like a spirit of like bravery, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I don't always think that like I'm that brave. Like when I'm in class, it's like different. Or when like I'm around like situations that aren't like FCA or track, it's a little different. But like when I'm put in those situations, like I just like to know people and know like their story and become like just sharing experiences with them. Yeah, that's so good. And I think just that showing people right off the bat, hey, you're important. You're important to my heart. You're important to the heart of God. I want to get to know you and get to know your story. I think is so powerful. Chris, what do you think? Any thoughts related to this? Yeah, uh, what I really love about what you said, Dan, is people just, people really want to feel seen and they want to feel known. And that's something that you do uh, really well and just going up to people is, hey, I don't know you, but I'd like to get to know you. And people just want to know that you see them in whatever the instance is, you know, throwing, again, throwing random Bible stories out there. Zacchaeus is up in a tree and Jesus is like, hey, you get down, we're going to get food. Like, I see you. Um, so, but yeah, I think that part of it <clears throat> in terms of cultivating friendships is, you know, can we meet people where they're at? Can we meet, can we meet a need in one respect or another? But one of the most uh, important in terms of meeting a need with people, can we just uh, show that people that we're willing to know them for them? Because I think that's one of the biggest things a lot of people are really afraid of rejection because they feel like, okay, if you get to know me, you won't like what you see. And it's like, no, I want to know you because, well, one, I want to know you because you're a person and I care about you, but also God loves you and God doesn't make mistakes. So I want to know the uniqueness that is in you that God has created too. Um, so yeah, I, I love that, that part of what you said as well. And, my coach always says that a big thing about getting to like know his athletes and connect with them is finding like a, a shared interest. So like, I like like running shoes and like running technology and my coach will connect with me about that. My best friend, Jake O'Neill, he likes cars and my coach likes cars. So like they connect over that. Like I've shared experiences with Jake of being an engineer and being on the track team. So we connect over like the, the suffering of school and running and just finding sometimes something to connect with about someone like Tyson at FCA camp uh, was playing football across at the time. And the first thing that we talked about is how they got absolutely destroyed by the Naval Academy. And because, well, my dad went to the Naval Academy, so I love the Naval Academy. He was born in Annapolis. But like just connecting about that. And I have a friend, a friend named Paul Crothers. Uh, he's uh, part of Navy FCA. But like we were literally just like Tyson, like he like smoked you guys. And Tyson's like, yeah. And just like finding that connection, like even something as simple as like, 
like you guys played a game against my dad's alma mater and that like that was the beginning of like a friendship just like finding something little to relate to and then being able to build a relationship off of that yeah no that's so good my friend Bree and i literally the only reason why we have a friendship is because we both love um we both love ice cream this random conversation happened at huddle because we were talking about chick-fil-a and ice cream and i did not know this girl and then we were somebody said something about ice cream and i was like i love that and then she said something too and i was like yeah we're gonna get along you and i <laughs> and like we've been friends for years now so yeah i mean those things people I would say tend to overlook and think it needs to be this big thing, but those are, are so, so valuable. Where do we, where do we, where do we relate and then build a relate a friendship from there? Yeah, I love that. And we're so, we're so built for community. And again, yeah, it's not, it doesn't start as a deep, you know, a deep thing. It's like, Hey, like, I feel that. Or like, in class, like whatever it may be, just the little conversation, that's the little things that spark a conversation can turn into such meaningful moments. And I, and again, I think we, there's, there's a lot of power just in the small intentionality of I'm going to open my mouth and compliment that person or ask them a question, or, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of power in that. So something, something to be encouraged by of, hey, it doesn't have to be this big, deep thing, you know, to start building community and cultivating really meaningful relationships. So just to close, we've, we've covered a lot just in this one topic, but what closing thoughts do you guys have in terms of godly friendships, friendships with non-believers, friendships in college, whatever it may be, closing thoughts, things that kind of got your wheels turning um, in this conversation. Dan, we'll start with you and then Chris. Uh, one thing I think that I've learned throughout like college is like, like patience with friendships, but also knowing like when to door on something. Like there's people that like kind of do a little stuff to like annoy others, but like sometimes like I feel like, like I need, like I'm called to continue the relationship, but then sometimes realizing like, hey, like I have to, like it's pro it may not be the best for me to continue on with a relationship. And knowing like, and or have getting that wisdom from God or what to do, whether to continue in uh, just being a friend of them or to just being kind of an acquaintance like you know them but like you're not spending a lot of time with them hanging out with them but like knowing that everyone has a season and like some seasons are going to last longer than others yeah so good saying those boundaries is super super important um i will reiterate the two things i've said one don't be weird like it's funny, but like it's real. And two, love is an action. So whether it's in holding people accountable or it's going up to somebody and complimenting them back, like you were just saying, or let's um, share an interest about ice cream, or you just got crushed by Navy, who knows, like find something shared. But I'm, we're even thinking about the Great Commission, like 
go and make disciples like our, our FCA theme. Let's go, go do something. And I think the same thing in friendships of we got to get up, be willing to take the risk of loving people because there is a risk associated with loving people and choose to step out with God's, with God's covering and say, Hey, I want to, I want to get to know you. And I hope that in you know, in you getting to know me, that you also get to know Jesus. So yeah, those are two things. Love's an action and don't be weird. Yeah, such good stuff, guys. Um, I think I'll piggyback off of Chris's point, kind of for my closing point, and that would be that it's going to be messy because people are messy. I had a I had a conversation with somebody the other day, um, and she was talking about a relationship, like a romantic relationship, and she was like, "I thought it was supposed to be easy," and you know, everybody says it's simple. And we came to this analogy, we were like, okay, like, do you consider yourself to be complex? Yes. And then I used the analogy, I was like, do you consider me to be complex? And she's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, we're in relationship together. How do two complex people make equal a simple relationship? And we both laughed because it was just this, it was this light bulb moment of being in deep, meaningful relationship with each other is messy you know, if you do life with someone long enough, like you're going to, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get emotional. You're going to cry over the things that they cry about. Like it's not easy, but it's really rich and it's really meaningful. And it's, it is what we're called to as believers is to come alongside and do life with people, whether they be you know, we need that core, you know, group of believers that we talked about before to hold us accountable and, and grow together, but also that importance of relationships with people who don't see things exactly as I see them, you know, and seeking to love them well and do life with them um, in the challenges, in the darkness, in the hard. Um, so that would be my thing. And the, the reminder for me was like, don't be afraid to get messy and do the scary stuff and the hard stuff because it's so it's so meaningful and it's so it's so important to the kingdom and the heart of God yeah so with that um we are out of time on this episode so we will wrap up Dan thank you so much for joining us tonight guys we will drop Dan's insta social media stuff um in our info in our bio so you guys can find all that reach out to him um he's just awesome so just reach out to him to be his friend because he wants to be your friend <laughs> so reach out to dan um again reach out to us any questions comments you guys have episodes you want to see we love communicating with you guys and having this open dialogue um, so until next time, hit the subscribe button at the bottom, um, if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, thanks again for your time, Dan. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Catch you guys next time.